0: Hey, we've been in a series on Wednesday night called The Jesus Way to Pray, and basically what we're doing is walking through the Lord's Prayer, kind of pulling that apart, and understanding the the ideas that Jesus brought to us in that short prayer. It it really goes across the whole scope of Scripture, really. Things that He wants us to pray about. Today we're going to talk about forgiveness. Now if you'll join us in, in, in our Bible study Wednesday night, we're going to talk about part two of forgiveness, where Jesus says, help us to learn to be forgivers. Now, that's a big deal for us, isn't it? That's a big deal of how this kingdom works. This idea of forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. forgiveness. All right. We need a lot of it. All right. Matthew 6, 9 through 13. This is the Lord's Prayer. Come on. Stand with me as we read this together. Such a beautiful thing. I, I, I know you know it by heart, but I pray you say it not just by heart, but I pray you say it from the heart. Amen. 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 As, you, as you pray. Let's pray this together. It says, in this manner, Jesus says, therefore Pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. Amen, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for sending Jesus and Jesus, we thank you for sending us this prayer. We thank you for just taking your time to teach us how to connect with our Heavenly Father and how to bring heaven to earth. We thank you, Lord. We just pray that you just fill our minds with your truth, plant the seed of your word deep in our hearts, and may your word be our bread in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, gang. So we're learning about prayer from Jesus. He tells us the language of prayer and, and tells us what to talk about actually. And he even gives us some instruction on how to pray, on actually how to do it and how not to do some things. Now, think of prayer now as a life skill that you develop. Okay, it's not something that you just wake up and, and somebody's really good at prayer and other folks just got to kind of deal with whatever they got. It's a skill. So that means it's something that we learn and we grow into and we, we, we progress, right? So Jesus is teaching us, so we, we must need to learn some things, right? All right? But the real action is not just in the learning. The real action is putting what you've learned into practice, isn't it? The real action is in the doing. So let's pray. Let's pray. Now, this prayer teaches us about God's business. A little bit about it right there. It says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts or our trespasses, right? So God is in the business According to what Jesus teaches in all the the scriptures, God is in the business of giving and forgiving. That's what he does best. God is a giver. You know why he gives? Because he loves. He loves so much. And he also wants to not just give, but he's also in the business of forgiving. It really brings God great pleasure to forgive the sins of his people. It really does. Okay. Now, so we learn to receive from our father. He gives. We learn to receive. Then we learn to give to others. Jesus said, Freely you have received. Now do what? Freely give. That's part of the flow of the kingdom. God gives it to us. We don't just hoard it and keep it to ourselves. We freely give. We don't stop that river flow from heaven to us. We let the bellies of our er, er, the rivers in our bellies open up and they spread out the good news and the gospel, the blessing, all the things that God brings, right? So we not only receive, but we learn to give. And then he grows us into being just like him. And we become better at giving and forgiving just like him, right? All right. All right. Now we're in the fifth request here of this prayer. Jesus says this, say this with me again, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now some translations may say, forgive us our trespasses or forgive us our wrongs or forgive us our sins. It's, It's all really kind of the same thing. Forgive us our debts is what we kind of want to focus on. Today, this idea of forgiveness. This is about us asking Father for forgiveness. Now, this is not a big revelation, but as Christians, we often still struggle to do the right thing, don't we? In our thought, we often struggle to think the right thoughts. We often struggle to, to do the right actions. The words of our mouth kind of betray our hearts, they, they kind of show what's inside, and they don't always come out right, does it? So we we, we still have struggles. And this is about us getting, not just getting forgiveness from our struggles, but us getting strength to make our struggles, you know, part of our past. We become overcomers. So this is what this prayer is all about. It's about asking Father, and Father stands ready to forgive us of all of our sins. He stands ready. I mean, he wants, he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. He has no pleasure in the punishment of sin. He has no pleasure in any of that, the scripture says. What God has pleasure in is giving mercy. And we say this thing, if if I say to you, God is good, what would you say back to me? You would say all the time. You know what the Bible says? God is good, and his mercy endures forever. Now he's good all the time, that's a good thing to say. But when the scripture says God is good, it says his mercy endures forever. And you know what? Just as sure as the sun came up this morning, and I guess that's what that yellow thing in the sky was, wasn't it? This the sun, right? We hadn't seen it in a few days, a few weeks maybe. Just as sure as the sun came up this morning, God said, my heart was renewed towards you. And I give you brand new mercies for this brand new day. That's good news. And he said, I give you brand new compassion. My heart leaped out towards you fresh and anew today. See, God bases his relationship with us on today, not on yesterday. And that's good news for me. This is father forgiving us, us asking for forgiveness Psalm 51, 17 says this, A broken and a contrite heart, these, O God, you will not despise. Hmm. So this part of the prayer is about us taking responsibility. That's an important word, isn't it? Taking responsibility for the wrongs we've done, the sins we've committed. Now, we take responsibility, but here's the deal. We can't fix it. <laughs> so what does that mean to take responsibility? Because you certainly can't fix The problem between you and God. He has to fix that. But when we take responsibility, we basically come clean and we are honest, simply honest to God. You know? And and that's 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 something we gotta learn to do. We need to learn to be honest with God, even with the very dark places in our hearts. Okay? Are we having a baby? Are we having a baby back there? Did did she get caught out for a baby? Okay, for the baby. All right, well, let's take a minute. Let's pray for Martina. Can we do that right now? All right, Lord, we just lift up Martina to you, Lord. We know that she's about to have that baby, and we just pray your mercy and your grace upon her. And uh, just a great delivery, Lord, just whenever your timing is. Uh, we just pray for your mercy over her. In Jesus' name, and for a beautiful baby girl. Amen. 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 Right, hey, that's no hey, hey, it's no problem. New life coming into the world. We get to go. <laughs> I, I thought that may be what there was when they all got up. It. All right. let me know, Sheila, what's happening over there. Will you? All right. All right. All right. Now back to our regular scheduled program. All right. <laughs> so we take responsibility by, by being honest and coming clean with God and with ourselves. So we can't fix it even though we try, but we have to ask father to fix us. That's what this prayer is about. Okay. And God's remedy for our sin is forgiveness. Everybody say forgiveness. It's forgiveness. He says, forgive us. And we sometimes say, forgive us or forgive me. Now, this is a, a very important part. It's not all of repentance, but it's a very important part of repentance. And it's, and it's us asking God to clean us, to clean us. Now, you clean, you take soap and water, hopefully, and clean the outside, right? You need God to clean the inside. So just as that shower, that bath is a, is a cleaning for your body, this forgiveness from God is a cleaning of your soul. It's like taking a bath for your soul. And we need it all the time. We need it all the time. And believe me, this is, this is a believer's prayer now. This is not just unbeliever's prayer. This is what Jesus teaches us is for us to walk in. Okay? All right. Now, he says, forgive us our debts. Let's go with that word debts for a second. Okay? Debt simply means this. That, that which is justly or legally owed. That's if you have a debt... To a credit card company or to a mortgage company or something of that nature, you owe that, right? So the idea here is that sin brings with it a debt, something that we owe. And this is not foreign to us. We know how this works. We know how this works. If somebody does you wrong, I mean, for real does you wrong. doesn't just hurt your feelings, but, but like for real does you wrong and sins against you. First of all, we go through the stage of pain. It hurts, right? Then we go through the frustration of, of maybe why. What was, man, I can't believe this. And then you just get flat out mad, don't you? You go through that thing and you just, man, I can't believe this happened. And then you feel as if they owe you. They owe you an explanation. They owe you an apology. They owe you restitution or something, right? You get that feeling. See, because everybody knows that when wrong is done, a debt is incurred, right? You know what I'm talking about? And if that debt's not taken care of, there's going to be a problem in the relationship, for sure. This is the idea that sin brings with it a debt. So, Father, forgive us our debts. So now we're coming into the realization that something's not right, but something needs to be made right. This is what the Bible calls conviction. It's conviction of the heart, conviction of the soul. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings conviction to us, and he's embedded something into our nature called the conscience, which helps us with that conviction idea, okay? It's the idea of conviction. Now, conviction and condemnation are two different things, but they oftentimes start feeling the same way. Both of them make you feel really bad. But conviction is pointing you to get it right. Condemnation points you that you'll never get it right. Conviction points you to the light, condemnation points you into further darkness. Conviction is the work of the Holy Spirit. Condemnation is the work of the adversary and the accuser. Conviction is brought to set you free. Condemnation is brought to bring you in bondage for the rest of your days. Now, this idea of conviction now, now get this idea, get this picture. Conviction to the soul is like pain is to the body. When I hurt my body, it's actually a signal to my brain that something's not quite right, right? Right? So I use the illustration. If I'm walking on the beach and I'm barefooted and I step on a big, sharp, jagged piece of glass and I I don't know it and I don't get that pain signal. I could walk across that beach in Panama City as pretty as it is. I could walk across that beach and I could bleed to death before I get to the end of it because I didn't get the signal. Pain to the body. This conviction is like that to the soul. It is letting you know that something something just ain't right. You did something that you shouldn't have done. You know what I'm talking about? So when you feel that signal, the best thing to do is not to harden your heart against it or to deafen your ears to it. It's to soften your heart and say, hey, what is this? Lord, help me find out what this What do I need to do? See, so that's conviction. And that's very important. It's a very important work of the Spirit in every one of our lives. And, and you know, some of y'all may be floating three foot off the ground and closer to glory than I am. But most of us still struggle with everything, right? And to deal with this sin and this idea of conviction, the best idea that has ever been thought of dealing with sin is God's idea and it's called forgiveness. This is God's idea. This is God's idea for your freedom. This is God's idea for your strength. It's God's idea for your healing. It's God's idea for your relationships. It's God's idea for your marriage. It's God's idea for your home. It's God's idea for your business relationships. Forgiveness is the greatest idea that has ever hit this planet. And it came right out of the kingdom of God. It came right out of the heart of God. God said, I know they're going to mess up. So even before the foundations of the earth, before Adam and Eve ever sinned against God and brought it into this world, God had a plan. And Peter said, I saw the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God said, I want forgiveness to be my number one objective. I know you're going to mess up. But before you do, I'm going to make a plan. That's amazing to me. Forgiveness is God's idea. It's kingdom knowledge. You come into this idea and, and there is a way out. Okay? Now that's the kingdom idea. That's, this is God's idea. Forgiveness is God's idea. Now think about something's done wrong. What's the world's idea? What does the world do about it? People are not in this kingdom. And not, not living in this knowledge of the kingdom. What do what they do when you do something wrong? You owe me. We call it vengeance, right? Right? Or I'm going to get you back. We call it paybacks. And we got some sayings about that paybacks. I can't say in church. You know what I'm saying? We call it paybacks. That's the world's idea. And, and the Lord said, hey, I don't want my people to be like that. I want my people to be vengeful. I don't want them to be spiteful. I don't want them to be getting back at each other. I don't want them to pay, repay evil for evil. I don't want that. Good overcomes evil every time. Amen. Forgiveness is God's idea. Now, let's go a little bit deeper in this word forgive. This idea of the word forgive, I want this to hit you right between the eyes now, right in the heart. It simply means to let go, to dismiss, to pardon, to release from obligation. Now, think about this, this idea to let go. Everybody say to let let go. Now, this is a miracle. This is a miracle of God. God has the ability to let it go. He has chosen to have the ability to let it go. Why? Because he loves you that much. He loves you that much. Now, here's the deal. God said, I'll let it go. But you know what I found out about myself and about a whole lot of other people I've counseled and walked through? They hadn't quite got that skill yet, had they? We struggle with that idea, don't we, to let it go. In fact, I, I even struggled with the idea of letting some of the things go of the past that I've done against myself. You know what I'm talking about? Shoulda, coulda, woulda, wish it didn't. You know what I'm saying? God has the ability to let it go. Now, what I want to do over the next few minutes is to look at a few scriptures. I'm going to look at three or four different passages here, and I want you to see how they illustrate how God has the ability to let it go. Okay, these, these draw pictures for us. I want, you to, I want you to hear it. I want it to go deep in your soul because this is for you and all of your relationships. And it's going to be especially for the idea. What we want to do is set the foundation. What does God mean when he says, I forgive or I forgive you? What does he mean? Okay. The Bible. This is just a few of them. The Bible has a lot to say about this subject. All right? Let's go to the first one right here. It's in Psalm 103, 12. And every one of these are my favorite. So I'm going to say this when I get to every one of them. This is my favorite. Okay, <laughs> Psalm 103, 12 as far as the, and this is God letting it go as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us now this idea of transgressions is the idea of trespass or the idea of rebellion okay now you can you can steal something and and you're a thief and it's a crime but if you're my best friend and you steal my motorcycle that's not just a crime. That's a betrayal. You see what I'm talking about? That's a transgression. And here is the, it's, it's, it's the betrayal of a relationship or the violation of a trust that you've been granted. OK, so this is it's showing us an, a, another facet of sin. A rebellion, a betrayal. OK, now here's the truth of it all. We've all been betrayed because sin is an epidemic running rampant in the heart of every man and woman around us. We've all been betrayed. Have you been betrayed? Yes, Sure. Here's the other sad truth. Almost all of us have been the betrayer before you get all high and mighty. We've all crossed that line. Some of us in severe ways. The good news here is that he says, this is not me talking, this is the Lord talking through Psalm 103 that he wants to remove the betrayal of, that, of the relationship between you and him and any other relationship, the violation of trust you committed, the rebellion that's in your heart that you exercised against somebody else or against God. God wants to drive it away from you. And what's the picture? How far? What, what in the word kind of picture is that? As far as the east... Is from the West. Does East and West ever touch? It's kind of saying, I will take it away from you and carry it away from you all the way into infinity. It's gone. That's a picture. So when you are forgiven by God and you go through the sincerity, the brokenness of your heart and repentance like the scripture teaches us. And we are sincere about asking God to forgive us. When you ask God to forgive you, he says, I have removed that and I have cast it away from you and never to return. You hear that picture? God said, I let it go. That's some pretty good news. (laughs) I like it. Isaiah 118. Let's go to another picture here. Come now and let us reason together. The Lord speaking to his people. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And here's your crimson tie, guys. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. So sins. He, he, he uses the word sins, right? Though your sins. Sin simply means to fail. Or to miss the mark. Well, the mark is God's goodness and God's holiness over our lives. It's for us to live in his image and likeness. That's the glory of God on our lives. It's supposed to be there. And what does the Bible say about sin? For all, what does it say? For all have sinned and fallen short of that glory that God has in store for your life. We've all fallen short of that. And the wages of that sin is what? It's death. But, but I like the but in there, right? But the gift of God. His eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. amen. So, God says, Come, come, let's sit down, let's talk about this. I got a plan. I got a plan. You're in a big mess. You're dirty as a sloppy pig. You're messed up. The, the picture here, what's the picture? What's, what's the picture he paints? What does it say? What's the picture? You see it? What is it? Tell me. What your sins look like? Scarlet. Scarlet. Okay. I, I kind of got a scarlet shirt on today. It's kind of maroon, dark red, something like that, okay? You got one on too, right? Though your sins are red and dark, the idea that I would get a picture of is dirty. It's just, it's just out of character. It's not what it's supposed to be. The miracle that God says that I want to do is to let it go out of your life is I will do a miracle and I will take what is red and dirty and scarlet like and I will turn it White as snow. Now, see, that's a miracle now. This, this, that's a miracle. That I have the ability, even though you're messed up, you're dirty, i got the ability to make you clean as a newborn baby. You hear that? I've got the ability to just let it go. If you'll come and be reasonable with me, get my mind on this subject, and do what I'm telling you to, I'll clean you up. I don't care. Scarlet, that's pretty bad. I mean, that, that's what he's painting a picture of. It's as dark. That, that soul is as dark as it can be. I'll make you clean. I'll make you white. See what I'm talking about? Now, see, we, we can try to do that. I can take this shirt and I can dump it in some bleach. <laughs> and it'll, it'll spot it up a little bit. Won't it? it'll, it'll, it'll take some of it. And if I soak it long enough... But what will that bleach do? If I try to do it with bleach, what will that bleach do to this fabric? It, it'll eat it alive. This is the same way that'll happen with you if you try to solve all your problems. It'll eat you alive. But something about the miracle of forgiveness that God has the ability to take you and turn you from dark to light, to, from this scarlet to white, from like snow, he says, and like the wool of a sheep. I got the ability to do that, and I won't break down the fabric of who you are. I'll make the fabric of who you really are stand out. It's a picture. That's good. That's good news. All right. Let's go to the next one. Another picture. There's a lot we could talk about. Don't you see a whole bunch of stuff right there? Micah. He's not a prophet we really go to that much. but He's got some pretty good stuff to say. I want to read him sometime. Micah 7, verse 18 and 19. It says this. He asks a question. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity, and passing over the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. H- who's a God like you? I-, I can see my God looked all around. There's no God like this now. In fact, almost other, all the other God systems that are made by man, all the other religious systems, they give you a plan to work it out. You got to balance the scales. You've seen the scales? If you ever seen the Egyptian hieroglyph- hieroglyphics, they got a scale. It's, it's the scale of the afterlife. you go going to most religions. Islam has it. They got a scale. And if you got all these bad things going on, what you have to do is a whole bunch of good things to bring your life back into balance. God doesn't have that scale. Amen. God said the only way you to, to get out of this mess is you would come to me and help me take, let me take care of it. Okay, so this is the idea about God. God does not retain his anger forever because he delights in mercy. Now Here's the picture, Verse 19. He will again have compassion on us and will subdue our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. Just a couple definitions right here. The word iniquity. That's not a word we use. In fact, I I bet you money you didn't use it last week in the sentence. So that's a Bible word. We've got to have some understanding of this thing. What, What in the world is iniquity? Well, it's another type of sin. It speaks of being sinful or wicked Or guilty, and it's the idea of being bent out of shape. It's like God had an intended purpose for you, and and you got bent in the wrong direction. You got bent out of shape. That's what sin will do with your life. It doesn't just come to give you some bad moments. It comes to really take your life in a whole different direction. It bends you out of shape. It, It speaks of being crooked, or distorted, or twisted up. The word wicked is in the Bible a whole lot. It has a lot to do with this idea of iniquity. Twisted. Wicked. I, I use the illustration of like wicked is the idea like wicker furniture. You know what they do with wicker? They, they, those, those vines, they take those vines and they get them wet and they wrap them and they shape them any old way and twist them around any old way they want. So that's what the enemy wants to do with your life. He twists you up and gets you twisted up. Gets you twisted up with the wrong stuff, the wrong people. And next thing you know, you're in a twisted mess. Can I get a witness? <laughs> I mean, we all been there, hadn't we? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I mean, so distorted, you wouldn't even know what right and wrong is. That's why I did iniquity. It literally takes away the consciousness of your mind to where you can't even understand what, what's right and wrong anymore. This is how sins become addictions. This idea of iniquity. This is how sins become habits that we have a hard time getting over. This is how sins become even generational sins and generational iniquities. Somebody would even call them generational curses. I prefer the idea of generational iniquities and generational patterns. See, that's what sin will do. It'll cause it to perpetuate. You ever seen families? Maybe you're in one. That, that things just keep perpetuating. I mean, just perpetuating over a family. Just a particular sin or problem or difficulty. and It just perpetuates over generations and over generations. Well, this is what Micah says, that God wants to pardon even those generational things and those things that got us so twisted up. God wants to help you get untwisted so you can be exactly who you're supposed to be. You know, one of those things that's twisted up in my family is, is like alcoholism. A lot of us probably have some of that testimony on both sides. That's why I really can't mess with this stuff. Just can't go there. Because I'll be twisted up again. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Yes. It'll twist you. And that stuff gets in your mind, twists your thoughts up. You can't think straight. You can't handle your relationship straight. You can't handle your money straight. You see what I'm talking about? That's, that's iniquity. That's, what, that's the idea. Here's the good news. God will cast all your sins, these iniquities, into the depths of the sea to throw away, to throw it away, right? To throw it away from you. It's no longer, now when I put out my trash last week and the garbage man t- came and got it and took it away, I don't ever want to see that again. That's why I put it in that blue can out there, right? So it'll be thrown away, right? Well, our sins is like that garbage, you know what I'm talking about? God gets this garbage truck, and he said, I'm taking it away, and guess where I'm dumping it? He says, what's the picture? Where's he dumping it? Into the depths of the sea. It's a picture for us to get. It's a metaphor that he's drawing right here. I want you to see that when God forgives you, he lets it go in such a way that he removes it, casts it away from you, throws it away into the depths of the sea. And you know what the depths of the sea, if you swim down there to go get it, you won't live. Because you can't live in there. <laughs> he throws it into the depths of the sea. That's some pretty good news. That's my, that's my favorite. <laughs> Do you see yourself like that? Or are you still toting around more baggage than the airport's got? I'm serious now. God said, I want to put it in the sea. I want, I want to take it away from you. Hmm. Pastor Michael, y'all know his testimony real well. He's got a testimony that all that stuff got thrown in the depths of the sea, didn't he? Removed from it. Thank God for it. All right, we're we're almost done. Ah oh, man, I got plenty of time. <laughs> this is my favorite. Hebrews 8.12. It's a quote from the Lord. It says, For I will be merciful. I love that word. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds, I will remember no more. It's another picture of how God lets it go now and forgive us our debts. He's letting it go. He says, I will not remember it. Now, to remember me, see that divide remember is remember. It's re, it's putting it back together again in your mind. And you know what, when you're in a bad situation and you're done wrong, you know how that movie replays over and over and over in your head. Or the movie that somebody, what somebody did to you, it replays over and over in your head and you remember it. Now listen to the miracle here. The miracle is this, that God said, I will not be mindful or even bring to mind your sins that I have forgiven." That when I have forgiven you, I will not think about that sin when I think about you. And I'm going to tell you how he made this real plain to me one day. I was getting over a sin, a habitual thing that I was struggling with. And I was trying to, you know, I'd I'd talk to God about it. Forgive me, please. Forgive me, please. You know, constantly over and over and over again. And I just couldn't get victory. Finally, I did. But I still felt bad. So I kept talking to God about it. Lord, please clean me. forgive me. So I went one day before him. He, 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 he broke me of this. Either I'm going to receive forgiveness and walk in it or the relationship between me and him is going to be injured somehow. He, I, I started in that stuff again. You know how we do. I started in that stuff again. And the Lord said, are you going to talk about that again today? I promise you it's a fact with my hand up. He said, are you going to talk about that again today? Because if you're going to talk about that, I'm not talking to you. And the tears just flowed like a river. And I said, I'm sorry. I just can't let it go. He said, well, you're not better than me. I'll let it go. Amen. Oh, yes. yeah. And that's good news. Yes. Yeah. He had to remember. You heard the old saying, forgive and forget. Well, God's got that ability, it seems. That comes out of his mouth. He said that about himself. There's a whole lot of things I would like to Forget. God said I'd have. <laughs> I have. I like that. I hope it helps you. Now you do your due diligence. You get cleaned as deep as you need to get clean. But when you're clean and forgiven, let it go. You hear me? It's the only hope you got to move forward. And God's given you a way forward. And it something. He's given you a way forward. And you're stuck in reverse. That's terrible. But that's, that's us humans. It's because we need this knowledge. This knowledge has got to come to our minds and say, wait a minute. I'm not stuck. I'm forgiven. Amen. He remembers them no more. All right. Exactly. The last one. The last one speaks of what makes all this possible in the new covenant. Colossians 2, 13 and 14 says this. And you, that's us. You is me, right? You is us. And you being dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He has made alive together with him. Having forgiven you all trespasses. There's that idea again. Having forgiven you all trespasses having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, which basically just said you're guilty. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. So we actually got two pictures that kind of make up one right here, is that we, we got a lot of things against us. And the first picture is that he wipes out the handwriting of requirements. Well, basically, it's all the stuff I've done wrong. The requirements of, of the good law of God that I violated as a human being, as a man, that you violated as a person. All those things. Ms. Janice, you work, work in the parole deal and all that kind of stuff. And, and you help handle some of the paperwork of all the things of the requirements that have been violated. So we know how this works in our justice system. <coughs> this is how this works in heaven. Okay, God bless our justice system because we, we need folks to get help. But this is how it works in heaven, that he literally all that paperwork that that prosecuting attorney brought and laid out and said, this is why he's a no good, sorry, unworthy, doesn't deserve any of this stuff, that when we receive God's forgiveness and God's mercy, he wipes it all out. Can't you see that happening? You get into a court. You know, an attorney's got all his paperwork and all his arguments and all that stuff out, and he goes and goes to look at it, and there ain't nothing on the sheet. <laughs> That's what happens in heaven. The enemy shows up with all his accusations, and he said, and the Lord just looks at him and says, But you're a liar. How can I take your word? I wiped all that out. I wiped it out. It's gone. <laughs> to wipe out simply means to erase. God's got the ability to blot it out. Blot it out of his memory and blot it off of the record. My goodness. (laughs) I I can't understand it. That's for all of us who had a record. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) All you folks that are holy, y'all just, you don't even need this. But thank you for being here. But all of us that had a record, that's good news. Yes. Amen. And that doesn't make me want to go do it again. I can promise you. Folks say this is just easy grace. No, this is the gospel. That doesn't make me want to go do it again. No, that doesn't give me a free pass. That gives me a heart to say thank you. Amen. Thank you. What can I do for you today? <laughs> the other picture is this. He wipes it out. And here's how he does it. He nails it to the cross. Now, you get a picture. We've got these pictures and images that we've seen and we've read the Gospels. Jesus is nailed to the cross. One of the writers says this, that Jesus literally absorbed sin in his body. I I don't know how that happened, but somehow or another he absorbed sin. And you know what? He absorbed yours. And when he was nailed to the cross, the picture that Paul is writing to the Colossians, Colossians here is that your sin was literally nailed to the cross. I, w- I wish I had a list of sins right now that Every one of us had committed. I'd take it and i nail it to that cross right there. And you know what that means? You know what the last words he said from that cross? It's finished. Forgive us our debts. Remember the debts idea? He said it is finished. You know what that literally means? Paid in full. Amen. Because there's two realities in this world. Either you'll pay for your sins, or you'll let Jesus pay for your sins. That's the only two realities there are. And God said, the reason I'm able to let it go is because my son nailed it to that cross on your, on your behalf. You see what I'm talking about? We, we, could, we could talk a lot. Man, this is, this is just good stuff. So when God says this to you, when God says, I forgive you, he lets it go. East from West, red to white, dirty to clean, depths to sea. Remember no more nailed to the cross. That's some pretty powerful pictures, folks. So when Jesus teaches us to pray and forgive us our debts, This is what he has in mind. And the reason we've got to get his mind on it, because we're not really good at forgiving. We don't really have good definitions or good practice in that area. So we've got to go to somebody who does. This is what he means. And when you pray by faith, forgive us. This is what he does for you. For you, For you, not just... The world for you. Let's pray this together. Let's just pray this one little part. And forgive us our debts. Forgive us our sins. Forgive us our trespasses. Forgive me for all those betrayals. Forgive me for all those wrongs. Forgive me for being so twisted up, Lord. Thank you for letting it go. Get your freedom. It's right there. Your freedom's right there. Because, see, forgiveness is not the end game. Forgiveness is the doorway you walk through to live in this kingdom. And to live in the blessings of this kingdom. It's not the end of it. We preach forgiveness because we need it so much. But that's the doorway to a whole brand new way of living. You understand what I'm talking about? And the reason God says, I let it go and I want you to let it go. is simply because he he doesn't want you to live in that, that bondage. He wants you to be free. He's got a whole brand new life for you to live. Forgiveness makes it possible. It's how he works. Hmm. Don't want to oversimplify some complicated issues maybe in our lives. But you stop complicating a very simple process. That's where we really need it. It may not be easy, but it's real simple. Let's just make this a house of prayer for a moment. Can we do that? I don't know if you need to take care of some business with God. Just take care of it.